Hi, this is Brad Humphrey, and this is the second part of our topic on drones. You know, we had such a great time recording the drones topic that we had to break it into two halves. It was just so much information. So our podcast is being sponsored by 4constructionpros.com and Caterpillar. We're just glad to have both you guys back. Jason Hurtis and Lonnie Fritz, both are Caterpillar market professionals. Hey guys, thanks for coming back and we look forward to moving on here with more information on drones. Let me ask you this question because this does come up. You can't just put any flunky to just do it randomly. Don't you really want more dedication than that you, you do. for a company? Again, depending on what you want. If yeah. you just want overall pictures of your job site that's and one see thing. how that yeah. new silo looks yeah. from the air, that's... But if you're going to do some real surveying and, and topos, I mean, you want to spend some time putting in ground control points. You want to plan your mission to make sure that you got the right overlap, the camera's set right. You're flying at the right time of day, so you're not getting shadows on the ground. And you don't want to fly if there's snow on one piece and dirt on the other piece because of the contrast. You want to know what height you want to be at based on the focal length of the camera. So that's all just in the flight. So that's your planning before you're 30 minutes in the air. God, this is really some good and stuff, guys. <laughs> what do you want to do after your 30 minutes in the air? Right. You know, how are you going to process that? Because all a drone does is take pictures. That's right. You know, it doesn't really do anything other than take pictures. So how are you going to process those trillions of gigs of pictures into tying it to the surface and then doing what you want to do? Do you want to render 2D models, 3D models? Mm. You know, how do you want to how do you want to use that analytics afterwards? And that's really, honestly, the secret of a drone. Well, let me get my nerd side out for just a moment. Do we have an app for this yet? <laughs> do we have an app for this yet? To fly, you fly with an app, and it's a it's a so free it's app. app based. Yep. Wow. And you click on the app, and it preps the aircraft, tells you it's safe to fly, and you slide a switch, and the it takes off. There's an app for planning your missions, so you do your Google Earth overlay. And you say, I want this 10 acres flowing, and you hit start, enter, and some parameters of your camera, and it'll plan the mission for you, and then go into your other flight app, and the drone will take off and fly autonomously. You know, one of the things we haven't talked about, and and, and, and which I think I have found um, a lot of my clients are beginning to use it more of, and last Thursday, or last uh, Wednesday through Friday, I spent three days out in the hot sun in Dallas, Texas with a client doing a bunch of filming and training on, on film. But we added, we had two cameras stationed, but we had, a, we, had a, we had the drone up in the air, and it was actually getting some other shots that we couldn't have gotten with just the, uh, the, the, the filming at the, at the ground. So I'm starting to see it more in the training aspect, which just is right up the alley of these millennials. They love that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. so I provide a road construction training for Caterpillar. It's a one-week course, and we have fully implemented drones awesome. into the program. Yeah primarily taking those progress photos. We take the team photos at the end with a drone. Sure. You know, we used to have to bring in a, a big rigid yeah, frame yeah. truck, get up on the on the <laughs> right, walkway, right. you know, with a camera and take a picture to get enough yeah. elevation. But uh, yeah. again, multiple uses. Um, something that I wanted to point out is uh, working closely with one of my heavy construction customer advisors. Um, I said, you know, I know you guys are early adopters of drone technology share some different uses, you yeah. know, versus quantities and checking topography yeah. before you're estimating a project. And he said, we found them to be as valuable in, in developing our staging areas as anything else. Wow. He said, we have 250 acre staging areas on our projects. Holy and he said, we would trip. He said, we would get materials put in the wrong spot or we won't oh, yeah. have enough room or yeah. in the right place. Yeah. He said, we fly the site. 
we start putting that on the computer and we start playing with the footprint of that staging area. And he goes, now we get it right. There's no relocating the staging area, all the steel and all the other materials and tools and equipment that com are comprised in Time and accuracy is so, unbelievable. Yeah, it's second to none. I mean, bridge inspection, you know, staying with my passion in road construction, sure. bridge inspections, you know, you had the snorkel lifts and mm -hmm. trying to get underneath inspect beams and everything like that. Um, again, more not to get down the application bunny trail here, but again, it's an infinite number of applications for these drones. They're here to stay. It is no flash in the pan. Yeah, you know, some of my contractors, and not not even the really large largest ones, but but the fifty to one hundred million uh, size range of contractor, um, are using it as part of their estimating process, bidding sure. process. Yep. Yep. They're actually using it in the pre-con process now. They actually will have footage of uh, and using with BIM technology. Mm -hmm to be able to bring that in and, and share that with the project team of what they're looking at. Then they use it as a monitoring device. Every Friday, some of their superintendents will actually have that week's update, kind of a se fast mm -hmm. sequenced of the building process done by the, the drones. It's just it's just an incredible effect. And it's helping, it's helping the projects go better, less mistakes, correct those mistakes they do find faster, because they're getting them, and they're getting that data in on a regular basis like you talked about, yeah, Jason. Same thing with the training aspect that you mentioned. Yeah. It's a whole different perspective. I mean, if you can hover over a, a wheel loader in a truck operation for 20, 30 minutes, you can see things significantly different than if you're looking at it from the side. You can tell how much carry back they got. You can make sure that your bin pin, your B-pin spacing to the truck height is right. You can see truck spotting. You can tell how fast they're pulling out. You have the drone follow that truck where it's going. You can do cycle time estimates. Oh, man, yeah. You can do all kinds of neat things with training and development of your operators. When you look, when you said operators, okay, it, it not, it's probably not 15 minutes worth of conversation, but what kind of employee are you really looking for? I mean, I don't think we just immediately think, oh, millennials qualify to operate a drone. What are you looking for in the personality and the, in the, what type of profile would you be looking for? I, I didn't think about that till just now. To, the way to you really said that. be effective, I think yeah. you need to have some type of experience with surveying. Okay. Because again, that's the secret. If you're just after, you know, wild pictures, then, then go to your local high school and get a kid to do it. Okay. But if you're really looking to do something with it from your business, you have yeah. to have some type of background in surveying because yeah. you're going to need to know where to put your ground control points to, because you have to tie the pictures back down to the earth. Mm. And you kind of have to understand surveying to understand what do I want to profile and how do I want to profile it. Jason, would a total station operator be candidate for something like that or not necessarily? Yeah, I, th I think, they, I think okay. they would be. Um, you know, we've seen people come out of survey groups um, at customers and take up drones. We've had operators that were, you know, tired of being, being the pit operator and wanted to get in drone technology mm -hmm. and, and they do great at it. Um, so it's all different aspects. And again, as we've talked about, the barrier to entry and the, the length of time to learn how to fly is is pretty quick. Well, one of the reasons I brought that up is because I, I really think some of the mistakes that a contractor will make is when they don't have a dedicated purpose and vision for this thing. And Because if they don't, then it becomes really just taking some cool shots of a process or end of a project. And that's okay, but there's so much more that they're not getting out of it, right? Yeah, exactly. And the, the, to that point, the customers I've worked with, um, their drone team is usually embedded with the estimating team. Okay. Because it starts- Makes sense, that's it, where it should exactly, go. Exactly, yeah, yeah. yeah. So in my experience, um, that's where you usually see those individuals collaborating is with the estimating department, because what's one of the first things you're gonna do when a job is gonna be come up, coming up on the letting. You wanna go out and fly it and exactly. start verifying the existing topography. Exactly. The other thing is kind of the, the cross-section of individuals you're looking at to be a drone pilot, I think, is it comes with an individual that's fairly particular. 
I mean, you're getting down to, to the science. There's some art and there's some science to it, but you have to be pretty much on your game. And the other thing is if you're technologically advanced. Yeah, exactly. You are yeah. dealing with the right. latest and greatest technologies, mm -hmm. just like the other technologies that if you have an individual that uh, is really into the photography, but more importantly, the the technology side of things, that's where the millennials come maybe in. Maybe a little so well. more technical, maybe more, a little more detailed exactly type of a profile. Yeah. Just like a survey surveyor Absolutely. needs to be. Absolutely. You I know, and like that. Jason mentioned, those ground control points is a surveyor has to set those. Okay. So it's it's kind of a package deal. They, they kind of come as a team. And then you get in the whole analytics side, which is another side of the house. Oh, that's a whole so other. It really, Brad, it really um, aligns well. And I go back to grade control technology again. We can buy all the sensors and That's masts right. and receivers and antennas that you need, but it still takes the individual that can extract the information off the plans, build the digital design file, set up the base station, calibrate everything before you're really spitting out the information in that display to control the blade. There's a lot of work that goes on beforehand, and that work goes on because the contractors and customers see such a value. It's similar to the drone. There's so much value there, but it does mm -hmm. take some homework and setup to get well, to Well, without analytics, you, you just have data. That's all you have. You have no pictures. You don't you even have data. That's all you have data. That's right. You just have pictures. That's right. Thank you. have a photo album, Brad. That's a good. No, thank you. Yeah, that, that's a good point. All right. Let, let, me, let me see if we can't bring a little bit of closure to some of this. You, you've already told me, Jason, that 1000 to $40,000, I'm sure it can go beyond that, too, if you, depending on what you're looking to buy in. I don't know that we need to have a price break here, and I don't want us to. We obviously don't want to sell one brand over another because they all. I'm sure they all have good, bad, and you know that sure. kind of stuff. What should a contractor then be concerned with, both in how to purchase the drone and then what maintenance is involved? I mean, this isn't exactly something that you go to your rental store to rent, right? Normally, you buy a drone. No, but I think that's a market niche we're going to see well, pretty I'm, quickly. I'm thinking it's coming. I'm thinking you guys are going to bring in maybe. And there there are uh, companies out there now that will contract. Okay. They, they will bring in their own aircraft. They will fly wherever you tell them to fly, and they will hand you whatever report back that you want. Okay. So you can do that third-party stuff. There's all kinds of companies that are in that business now. To do, to do it in-house, again, I'm one for starting small, prove it out to me, make sure I get the benefit Rather than going with a fifty thousand dollar drone, I would start with a with a smaller, inexpensive drone, making sure that it's delivering what I would uh, I want it to do. And if I was going to spend money, I'd spend more money on my analytics. I would spend more money on the software of processing those pictures, because again, that's where you get the bang for the buck. The craft is is neat and cool, but that's not what you're after. And the maintenance, I'm not saying it's free, but it, it, there's low maintenance, right? I mean, uh, again, are, you, are you buying an extra wing for the copters or anything uh, like that? Yeah, you'll get a extra blade? props okay. because you're going to have uh, you're going to have some type of incident. Yeah. I mean, either, either with a tree or, mm -hmm. you know, you go to land and a wind gust comes mm -hmm. up or, you know, you get in some areas, I've seen eagles and birds think... Go after them. Yeah, yeah I so can imagine that too. Um, so yeah, you need extra parts and pieces, but they're not you know, major maintenance. Again, if you start on the lower end, you crash it, just go buy another one, you know. On the bigger end with the more of them, I mean, you'll want some extra cameras and some extra lenses and things like that. But they're not highly intensive maintenance. You still have to do a pre-check that you have to keep on file for the FAA, a post-flight check, things like that. If but you're using it for commercial uses. If you're using it for commercial so use. So you do have to file almost like an FAA, like you a pilot. You don't have to file, you have to keep that. So if FAA an inspector comes oh, okay. up, they know you. that you've done your pre-flight and post-flight. Yeah. Even flying, you know, uh, by yourself or, you know, just for in your backyard or something, you still want to check it. Did I get the props tight? 
Okay. You know, right, you right. still want to do some normal checks and maintenance anyway, okay. some pre-flight inspections. Okay. So as we start bringing this down to a close, I'm going to let you guys have final word here. We, we talked about, okay, the range of price may depend on how much money you want to spend, but also what the purpose of it is. If you really are a new beginner, it might not be a bad idea to start with maybe a lesser priced one just mm -hmm. to get a feel for it. Is it something that you're going to use and can use and, and should be using kind of a thing? Obviously, it comes with, I mean, the secrets here is the analytics, the software that, I'm, that, that you can load up on this thing. Um, maybe having a dedicated individual or department, make it a part of your pre-construction or your estimating department. It's a great idea. It was a super idea there. Um, and then the multiple uses for it, whether it's for only for estimating, for PR purposes with clients, for training. So we got multiple uses there. Any final thoughts on it before before we kind of close out? Yeah, on the productivity and efficiency side, Brad, I, I know I always harp on that, but uh, you know, at the end of the day, we're in business to make money, and that's how we stay in business. Right. Is uh, workflow efficiencies. Contractors are using these daily to really analyze their sites, like Jason right. mentioned, from a different perspective. Right. To see where their processes are, how they're going, where the bottlenecks are, maybe where the staging areas are getting a little, you know, the, the queue's getting longer. So workflow efficiency um, is, is definitely a big one. The other thing that kind of dovetails into that is idle time management. There's a lot of um, movement right now in looking at, again, driving efficiency and seeing where those operations are idle and really doing a deeper dive analysis from mm -hmm. a different perspective um, into the sites in, the, in that retrospect. That's good. That's really good advice. Jason, any final thoughts on your end? I would, I would encourage the listeners to take a hard look at it because it is a competitive advantage. And I, think, I don't think they can drive five miles away from their site and not see a competitive contractor already in the drone space. So... You know, not to use a cliche, but really the sky's the limit once you have a drone on what information you can get and how it can improve your, your business and your overall efficiencies. Wow, this has been great. I don't know if we've had a more educational uh, podcast than we've had uh, with this topic here. This has been drones and the job site management aspect. Hey, you've heard some great advice uh, from, uh, from both Lonnie and Jason and literally experts in this field. And so we appreciate their input and their sharing of some, even some trade uh, insights uh, for the drone industry at large. Before we leave, I do want to thank Caterpillar and Fork Construction Pros, uh, who have been our gracious sponsors on this podcast. And uh, so certainly check out more information about both of those organizations and uh, put the items that you've heard today in our podcast, put them to use. Best of luck to you. Until next time, this is Brad Humphrey.